أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين And welcome to the Scale of Wisdom podcast brought to you by the Batul Foundation. In this episode we are going to speak about Imam Ali ibn Musa al-Ridha alayhi salam who was the 8th Shi'i Imam. After the success of Imam al-Kadhim alayhi salam in infiltrating the Abbasid court, Ma'mun, who was the succeeding caliph from his father Harun, after a very serious battle between himself and his brother Muhammad al-Amin, had to decide how to deal with Imam Ridha alayhi salam. And he pursued a method that was shocking to the Abbasids, and that was to appoint Imam Ali ibn Musa al-Ridha alayhi salam as his heir apparent. Historical commentators have differed in their opinions regarding Ma'mun and his intentions behind such an act. Some have seen Ma'mun as somebody who realized the greatness of Imam Ali ibn Musa al-Radha and also realized his precedence and his merit in being the caliph of the time. However, this move by Ma'mun was much more nuanced than a simple sincere move to try and bring Imam al-Radha into the fold of government. Rather, after the battle between himself and his brother Muhammad al-Amin, the Abbasids had been much weakened. And one of the reasons for bringing Imam into the government was to try and also rally the support of the Shia who were uprising in many areas of the Islamic lands in those times. Ma'mun perhaps hoped that by bringing Imam Ridha into the government he would be able to affect the charismatic authority of the Imam in trying to show that the Imam was a normal person trying to look for temporal authority. But when Ma'mun offered the role of the heir apparent to Imam Ridha, he of course refused. And when he refused, Ma'mun forced him to accept that role. And the condition that the Imam placed for the acceptance of that role was that he would not have any active duty. Some commentators have said that this move by Ma'mun was so that he could try and infiltrate the secret organization of the Shia by bringing it under his own umbrella. That is that after Harun's attempt to uncover who the members of that organization were failed despite his attempt in placing Imam al-Kadhim under house arrest and then under imprisonment, Ma'mun followed a different line and tried to observe that organization from within his own walls. And further more pursued that strategy in giving his own daughter to Imam al-Jawad in marriage. That way actually trying to get inside the house of the Imam to spy on the network of the Shia. In any case, a general principle for the caliphs that ruled the Islamic world during the lives of the Imams, while the Imams were present, is that the intentions were not sincere towards the Imams. In Mizan al-Hikmah, the first subsection in the section of Imam al-Ridha is a proof of his Imamah. It is narrated from Abdul Rahman bin Hajjaj that Abu Hassan Musa ibn Ja'far al-Kazim appointed his son Ali as the executor of his will and wrote this in a letter to him which 60 of Medina's renowned men bore witness to. So as we can see here as the Imam is appointed as the executor of the previous Imam's will that shows that he is the inheritor of the Imam. There are other proofs as well but I'm sure they added this proof just because of its length. After the death of Imam al-Kazim a sect of the Shia split off called the Waqifiyya and this was a group of Shia that stopped their belief in Imama at the seventh Imam, Imam al-Kadhim and believed that he had gone into Ghaybah and so during the life of the Imam he had to spend efforts in proving his own Imama which he did. The next subsection talks about the compelling of the Imam to be the heir apparent. Abu Salt al-Harawi narrated 
Verily, Ma'mun said to Al-Ridha, O son of the Prophet, Verily, I see it best for me to relinquish the Caliphate and hand it over to you and swear allegiance to you. So Ridha said to him, If this Caliphate indeed belongs to you and Allah has assigned it to you, then it is not permissible for you to remove a garment that Allah has clothed you with and assign it to another instead of yourself. And if the Caliphate is not actually yours, then it is not permissible for you to assign me that which is not yours in the first place. So Ma'mun said to him, O son of the Prophet, you have to accept this post. To which the Imam replied, I will never do that willingly. For by that, i.e. his acceptance of the Caliphate, you want the people to say, Ali ibn Musa al-Ridha did not abstain from worldly pursuits of leadership, but it is the world that has turned its back on him. Do you not see how he accepted to be the heir apparent in his greed for the Caliphate? So Ma'mun became enraged and said, I swear to Allah, if you do not accept the position of heir apparent, I will force you to it. So you had better accept it or else I will behead you. So as you can see from this narration here, the move of Ma'mun in appointing Imam Ridha as the heir apparent had a number of aspects to it. The first is that if Ma'mun was able to give the caliphate over to the Imam, in the Imam's acceptance of that caliphate, he would have already validated the rule of Ma'mun as well as all of the previous caliphs that had come before him because that caliphate would have been his possession given to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that is the meaning of the caliph or of the leader of the Muslim ummah but Imam Rada was well aware of that and explained this to Ma'mun and explained the impermissibility of him giving the caliphate either he didn't own the caliphate to give or it had been given to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in which case he could not give it to somebody else because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only gives it to the most meritorious person who is able to discharge the responsibility of the leadership of the Muslim community. Then we see here, as the hadith continues, what the view of the people would have been when the Imam was to accept the position of the heir apparent. And that is that the Muslim community would have become confused because they would have assumed that this was an attempt by the Imam to accept temporal authority and it would have been a type of greed. In the end, as you see here, Ma'mun forced the Imam to accept the position of heir apparent. And that again shows that there must have been a very strong reason for why Ma'mun wanted the Imam to be his heir apparent and wanted him close to himself. And one explanation of that is that he wanted to understand better the secret network of the Shia. And also perhaps to expose the Imam if he was within his proximity and he was able to find ways to expose such as for example bringing other scholars and challenging the Imam's ideas and the other tactics that he employed. The final subsection in this section is about the Imam's virtues. Al-Harawi narrated, I went to the door of the place in Sarkhas where Al-Ridha was being held captive in chains. I sought permission from the jailer to visit him and he said, there is no way that you will be able to see him. I asked why? He replied, because he sometimes offers 1000 prayers in the space of one day and night. He stops praying for a while at daybreak, before noon and before sunset. During these times, he sits on his prayer mat and converses intimately with his Lord. I said to him, then request him to grant me permission during these times. So he asked permission for me to visit. I entered and he was sitting on his prayer mat meditating. So this here is a narration about the Imam's worship. And of course we know all of the Imams had this great level of worship. Ibrahim ibn Abbas narrated, I have never seen Abu Hassan al-Ridha hurt anybody with something he said, nor have I seen him interrupt anyone until he had finished, nor refuse to do someone a favor that he was able to do. 
nor did he ever stretch his legs before anyone sitting with him, nor lean against something while his companion did not, nor did he ever insult any of his servants or workers, and I have never seen him spit or burst into laughter, rather his laughter was just a smile. When he was ready to eat and the table had been laid, he seated with him at the table all his servants, including the doorman and the stable boy. So here again, this hadith is very clear on the virtues of the imam and all of these virtues and traits and etiquettes are things that we should learn and try and emulate, inshallah. Inshallah, the next episode will be about Imam Al-Jawad alayhi salam wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi al-tayyibin al-tahirin.